You are listening to DFPN, the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you'd like to advertise with us or have a great podcast idea that needs a home, please reach out to us at podcastdatfeeling at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcasts. And always remember to question the answers. Go get it. Yo, uh, this is the, the, the Lost in Translation Podcast hosted by myself, Mark, and my guy, Malik Abdul Rahman. Man, you are, uh, this is the third episode of this journey that we're taking, and we're really, 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 really excited that you um, are taking it with us. Um, this is on the DFPN Definitely Podcast Network. Shout out to the DFPN. network. Um, you can follow us uh, on everywhere that you stream podcasts, okay? So wherever that is, whichever one you favor, we don't favor any of them. Uh, we just want to make them available for you to listen to them, man. So so thank you. We appreciate you. And um, I am... So so you spoke on going to Harlem, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and so and so what, what we want to do in this particular... Harlem, Shibuya Harlem. Right, Shibuya, Shibuya, right, right. Shibuya Harlem. And, and it's the reason why I want to start with you because you you actually began to kick off kind of the conversation that we that we that we're going to talk about today which is beginning to get into the nuts and bolts of uh working on hip hop music with Japanese artists you know and right. because you because you 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 op- you get you started to get into how you began to formulate those relationships I'm going to kind of let you take the floor and uh and walk us through to your your first productions yeah um okay cool um yeah you know um as i mentioned in in the last um the last uh, podcast that we did um i um i had been doing laying down like a lot of groundwork basically um kind of not even knowing that i was doing it actually um some of it uh, obviously was by intention some of it was not by intention like i was in a new world and i found something that was just incredibly, incredibly, like intensely interesting to me. Um, well, a lot, a lot, a lot, elaborate on on the fact that uh, the the intention and the the non intention. Like, what were what were the differences? Because you did want to, you did want to create with these people, right? Yeah, or, that that totally was the intention. Um, the, the, so the, the intention side of it was like totally me wanting to insert myself within the Japanese hip hop scene. That was, that was, that was by design. Um, I was just incredibly interested in making beats and making mm-hmm. music. Um, that was, I felt a calling to it, even though I, I was so very new to it. Um, you can't, I, mean, I can't even um, <laughs> explain how new I was. And I mean, I was, I was brand new into making beats. Mm-hmm. So I was growing um, in my knowledge of beat making at the same time as I was making um, connections with people, which gotcha. I I realize now was very kind of a backwards way. That's a lot of my life is a little, little bit. It makes sense to me, but for some people, it's kind of backwards. It's like, wouldn't you want to make the music first and then present that to people that you're meeting for the first time? And for me, it was like, no, it was all kind of moving real time, you know. So, I and I still kind of do that in a lot of ways in my production now. Um, but no, I um I I, I have been laying out this groundwork with people I, I i i have been going to club harlem i would say for at, at the time and when i first scored my first placement man 
I had been going to Harlem every Saturday just about when I was available on Saturdays Oh, for about a year. I would mm-hmm. say for about a year. Um, you know, going to live shows, getting invited to different, um, different events, getting, you know, um, going to Harlem and just, you know, at the time, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was still kind of wild, you know, so I was going out partying, but also at the same time, still like very, very much so invested in building relationships. What I would say what was unintentional was me kind of gaining an insider's kind of view into the different variations or I I don't want to say divisions, but the way I put it, and I remember I explained this to you, Mark, I think I actually drew this out on a piece of paper one time when I was trying to explain what I had found within the Japanese hip hop scene, which that was that it kind of reminded me of like the, the Olympics logo and just bear with me for a second. You know, it's like, it reminded me of the Olympics logo. That's just the picture that I had in my head. Um, because the way that I viewed, um, the Japanese hip hop scene was that everybody was kind of in a different circle. Gotcha. They, 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 for the most part were, 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 were operating in different camps and these circles at certain points, depending on where you were at in the circle would overlap with different camps. So for me, I was going to club, you know, club Harlem and Shibuya. Shibuya had its own hip hop scene within its own circle, really, not even Shibuya. Harlem had its own hip-hop circle. Right. There was also another club I would go to sometimes as well called uh, Shibuya Nuts. Nuts had right. its, its own circle. It was almost like if you're in this camp, you kind of hung out at Club Harlem. Uh, if you were at Shibuya Nuts, you kind of, you know, you were with a different camp and you hung out there. That was your thing. And every now and then, it would intersect, but not not often. Saturday nights at Club Harlem was... I would say for the most part, Harlem was like the official club for a certain crew that's legendary at this point. Um, absolutely legendary. Even when I was there, they were, they were kind of already building upon their legend. It was a, a group called um, Nitro Microphone Underground. Nitro. Right. Um, and that was headed up by um, a friend of mine and just one of the uh, greatest, uh, not the greatest uh, com- commercial and, and mainstream rapper of all time in Japan. And that's... Uh, um, double, or you know, um, he was a Def Jam Japan artist, and um, he had you know who else was in it? You had Delhi, you had you had uh, you had Makachin, you had Sword, you had XBS, you had all these different cats yeah, who were Suikin, um, Suikin, Suikin as well. I, 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 I want you to put a pin in that be because there's two things that I feel like you're going to speed past that can't get sped past. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, number one, when we're talking about Harlem, just for a second, just club Harlem as an infrastructure, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Is is this is basically it looks like this warehouse, right? Like like it's yeah. basically like this yeah. warehouse area with an elevated bar area. But then, but then there's a like a bird's nest, kind of a bird's nest yes. bar area. That's but, like the VIP area, yeah. But then there's another club in there too. BX Cafe. Right, yeah. right. That that also functions at the same time in both of these places. I just Currently. just I would be wall to wall is is all I'm trying to say. I just I just wanna I just wanna make sure, you know, that 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 we made it clear like when like this was the you could be you could be told there's too many people inside in this place. Where where oh, yeah. whereas yeah. most places even if it was too many, like it wouldn't matter. Like it could spill out on the street. 
But when we're talking like too many people, where I'm talking like around a thousand people, man. Yeah, um, right. This isn't. Right. This is by no means like a like a. It's definitely a sweat box, but a huge sweat box. You know, right. it's um massive. Um, because of the people who I knew, I had a I had, I had developed a tendency to go to Club Harlem, like for what I thought was early. Like number one, you got to understand, like the club doesn't start kicking in Japan until around one or two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would get there a lot of times, like around midnight, you know, and I would go up there. It's like the little bird's nest right, uh, right, right. kind of bar, a little VIP area because of the fact that um, for me, it's like it gave me a good vantage point on like, you know, looking out at the DJ, looking out at the floor right. and everything. And, and then I also could tell who was coming in and whatnot. And I could tell what kind of night it was going to be. So that's where I made all my connections. But again, mind you, on Saturday nights, okay, you have my man DJ Hazame, who was also part of the uh mm-hmm. uh, Part of the um, the Nitro crew, he would be spinning downstairs um, um, for the uh, for the um, for the Saturday night party. Be like him, my man DJ Safari, um, and a few other cats would be spinning. But then upstairs, upstairs, you know, you have this little side uh, stairwell right. that you could walk right past it, wouldn't know, wouldn't it. even know it. Wouldn't you would think it was like a locker room. Yeah. It's a whole other situation there. happening upstairs. Yeah, yeah. DJ Mudo's up there. DJ mm-hmm. Mudo, you know, it's like. One of the best DJs in the world, man. And he's spinning sure. nothing but like the rarest vinyl, the illest. Like, uh, he, I remember when I, he spun the whole like top 40, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, mind you, this is like when sampling was at its height. So he wasn't spinning the actual top 40. He was spinning like the original 45 samples of those records, man. It was insane. Like, um, like imagine, imagine being in a club that's so packed and you can't, you got to scream at the person across from you and you can't even move. So you tell the person, hey, let's go up to the other club <laughs> that, that's still packed, that but a you. little I bit quieter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little like bit quieter. <laughs> a little bit quieter. still packed, but different vibe. And then when you get done talking, all right, let's go back down to the real club. You know? <laughs> I just wanted I, I just wanted to make sure we 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 properly, you um, know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, totally. And this is also the spot like where every month they have like guest DJs coming from the States. You have Stretch Armstrong will be up in there. You have Goldfinger, you have DJ I Tap Money, you know, legends, legends, because they do their homework. They, they've been doing their homework. So it's like the legends were falling through usually at least once a month there. Um, anybody who was an A-list hip hop artist in America most likely was coming to, besides like a Jay-Z, was like coming to Harlem. You know what I'm saying? They would right. come in and pop their heads in. So it was a an ill hub, you know, so I'm there meeting artists in the States and artists in Japan at the same time. But the whole time my focus is on working with um, artists in Japan. And, and just so, to, just to properly, um, um, because I know you're going to skip past this too. You met, you, you mentioned <laughs> nitro microphone underground. Yeah. Just to, just to my introduction to them as a brand, as a thing at all, mm-hmm. to be clear was going into tower records and seeing that Nike had done this collaboration. Yeah, they, yeah. They, like they, shoes, they took a shoebox. They made uh-huh. a shoebox into a CD jacket. So mm-hmm. the, the, the CD, I wish I had that today, where it looks like a damn I think I got it somewhere. I'll find it. And it was Nitro yeah, Microphone yeah, Underground. Yeah. So that just kind of gave, I just wanted to just say that. And, I mean, because you've never seen anything like that here. So I just, No, no. I, I just did, want did, to, <laughs> to just... To highlight how how big a, a promotion, a big big of a thing these people were. 
Yeah, and also like if you're into fashion or design, then you already know like the drip factor in, in Tokyo is times a thousand, man. It's just like whatever like is going on in the states, they're gonna make it like a million times better. You know, Nigo was falling up in there all you know just about every Saturday. Uh, I see. on Nigo. Yeah, yeah founder of Bathing Ape, Peace and yeah. Nigo. Yeah, you know, met him yeah, a few yeah. times, man. Um, and you know, oh, Net- Neptune's fell up in there with him whenever they were in Tokyo to like go over designs and stuff, man. Um. So yeah, that was a spot. And Mark's going to kind of talk about the other crew later on that was involved in um, the other club, um, Shibuya Nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, another big one, not the only big one, just one of the other ones. And Zebra, actually, that was kind of his stomping grounds a lot sure. of times, actually. But um, we'll get into that later. But yeah, um, you know, so I'm getting to know all these different artists and I'd be remiss to not bring up something that you and I talked about when we were kind of pre-gaming before we jumped in the podcast is that one of the ways that I feel that hip-hop in Japan has been so strong is the fact that there's very much so like a, how can I put this, like a very old kind of like mentee-mentor relationship Mm -hmm. that you see happening. Um, Prime example is going into Club Harlem. A lot of the guys that would end up working, that were working the door those guys are actually aspiring artists and DJs who would eventually go on to hold down their own nights at Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's, 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 it's a whole, like they take paying dues very literally over there. So the cats that you would see in the, in the DJ booth with say like Wahazame, these are like cats that were kind of coming up under him and coming up behind him. Like if he couldn't be there a certain Saturday or if he needed to jet out maybe like an hour early, you know, f- from five o'clock to six o'clock, you got to hold this down. Um, that that that's what it was. Um, and so there was a certain guy who I had met actually. Um, his name was Mikris. Mikris and shouts to Mikris, man. Uh, Mikris. Mikris, we 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 still talk. We still talk every now and then wow. on social media. Um, you know, at a certain point, at a certain point, there's one more uh, other member of Big Zam as well. Big Zam, Big is Zam. Another, yeah, another another guy from uh, Nitro who I mess with. That's my guy. Um, so I at a certain point. I felt good enough to go ahead and start passing out CDs to people. And mind you, like, again, like I was not beat making. So of course, inevitably, as I'm showing up weekend after weekend, cats are going to finally be like, you know, what's your deal, man? Where's the beats at? You know, so, mm. <laughs> so, you know, my answer was like, they, they coming, they coming, they coming. I eventually end up um, pressing up like a CD of, of beats. Or I record out a CD of beats and I make some duplicates and kind of, get my little, you know, my little Sharpie pen and I write my information on them and I go to Harlem and this is like my night, my big night. So I'm passing out beat CDs. Um, I get told that Nitro has a, uh, they have like, 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 like a, uh, like, like, like a big Nitro party actually at a, at a, uh, another venue called Ageha. Ageha mm. was kind of like down. Mm. Yeah. You know, Ageha, like kind of down near the water. The best, the best way that I can explain Ageha because that's kind of near Odaiba, I'm thinking, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. And um, the best way for me to explain Ageha is, like, imagine walking into a very modern-looking house, like a very um, minimalist but modern-looking house, flat walls, you know, very rectangular rooms, mm-hmm. but you're miniature. Because Ageha, like, they had, it was a five-room club, and each room was, like, right. two, the size of two football fields. For sure. Massive. Sure. I've never seen a bar still in my life that is that long. That, that big. big. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh that's right. The one in the one in the middle. Like the one yes, that's yeah. right in the right in the middle. You would probably put five thousand people on the floor. 
dude, it's insane. And, and there's then other, and then there's the the outside club. There's like there's, there's outside. the outside, <laughs> right? And the outside club. These, <laughs> this is how much pool. This is how much pool. And 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 also, mind you, like this isn't. It's not like Nitro was like on some like J-pop masquerading right. as uh, hip hop. Like they they work with ill producers from the states. You know, mm-hmm. um, they work with um. They work with ill DJs. I mean, like these, they got ill branding partnerships that let you know that they are from the culture. You know what I'm saying? So this particular party, I drove to it, mind you, but they were doing bus pickups around the city, right. bringing busloads of people from Chiba all the way through Tokyo mm-hmm. to this particular Picking event. up in front of Shibuya Nuts. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Pick up in front yep. of Shibuya Nuts, in front of Harlem, wherever, yep. you know, they have buses chartered. So... That that's just how packed it is, and also one of the rooms in Ageha is actually like a live event, you know, live event uh, room. That this whole like whatever audio you are hearing during the show, you're hearing it everywhere. So the whole cast of characters is coming in, and, they're, and you know, and, and they're doing their thing on the stage. Um, and Nitro is like just the, uh, they're, they're the they're the umbrella, but there's many other smaller groups and and kind of uh, affiliations that are affiliated with them. So they're all performing this night. And I happen to meet me and me and me and my uh, lady at the time. We actually ended up getting VIP passes, so we were kind of kicking it upstairs a little bit, you know, um, like in the uh, VIP area. And it was, you know, it was just like so many people, man. And at a certain point, I remember we we're like, "Yo, we got to get out of here. It's just too crazy." And so Mikidas had just performed, and he came out, and uh, he came out, and uh, you know, from, from and came up to the VIP area. That's pretty much like where all the uh, after after they hit the green room, like a lot of the artists would come and hang out in the uh, VIP area. And you can kind of get a view of everything from there as well. Um, he comes up, and I'm like, "Yo, I really, I really like your set. Like it was dope. Like, like let me, uh, you know, let me pass you a CD." And he's like, "Where, where? I'm gonna listen to this. I'm gonna listen to this." And um, I'll tell you, man. Um, about a month or two later, like he ended up calling me, mm. and there were two tracks that he liked. Um, there are two tracks that he liked and he ended up uh, for a mixtape. Didn't really have much of a budget, but it was like, look, I'm trying to get my mixtape out there. I want, I want to eventually start, you know, working on albums, but this is the first step. I was like, word. Um, and he, um, he ended up rocking with it. And I knew about Mikudis before because Deli produced a really ill, uh, or he had a really ill album produced by this guy named Yako, who mm-hmm. also went by Jet. And, um, Yako was like one of the ill producers as well out of the Japanese scene, man. His beats are crazy. So, um, you know, I knew about Mikudis because he had featured on this. Uh, it's called, the album was like Delta Express album. Mm-hmm. And I heard about Mikudis from that album. I was like, word, this is dope. Okay, I, I can mess with him. Definitely, definitely. And I had no problem doing that. I wasn't trying to aim for the biggest dude just yet because I didn't feel like I was ready. So, you know, get stuff to dabble. So I end up, um, I end up, uh, yeah, passing beats over to Mikudis, man. And, uh, he called me about a month or two later. I went to uh, Daimonian Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where my man DOI, mm-hmm. uh, which, which you, uh, is it Doi, Doi son, Doi yep. son, uh, he, uh, he's yeah. the head, uh, the head, um, the chief in- engineer and producer out of that studio. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we, um, we, I went there, we tracked out a bunch of beats in one night and uh, he ended up running with two of them and recording to them that night. Um, I would say concurrently, like at the same time, I was also going to one other spot in a different circle. So this is the thing. I was kind of diver- diversifying my, my insertion points, and that was not by design. Um, I was also at the same time going to this, uh, to, to this, um, to this other club called um, Ikebukuro um, um, Club Bed. 
club. It's an area in, um, in, in, um, in Tokyo called Ikebukuro, which there's a line, a train line. That, yeah. It's like a circle. If you look at the train map, in the middle of the Tokyo train map, there's a circle line. It's like a green line. It's called the Yamanote line. And uh, it's kind of up in the north northwest um, corner out there. So Club Bed was totally different from Club Harlem. It's like mm-hmm. a uh, much smaller, much smaller, but it it is like ground though, and it's, it's, it's a, ex, yeah stole the words right out of my mouth. But it was a proving ground. It's like a, it's like that kind of spot where if you're an up and coming artist and you're starting to get a little bit of a following and a buzz around you, and you have skills that were respectable, you know, you go there to kind of hold you down like a little monthly or bi monthly event, and you kind of sharpen your teeth there. You know, um, mm-hmm. some luminaries, absolute luminaries, came out of there and. There was one night in particular, uh, my ex at the, t- you know, uh, at the time, my, my girlfriend, she wanted to introduce me to an artist that she knew. And his name was Bess, B-E-S. And mm-hmm. I went and checked him, checked out his show. And, you know, there, there's some other, just like any other live night, there are other acts that were on before. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. All right, whatever. And at a certain point in the night, this other artist like gets up on stage, man. And, um, and, um, Bro, I was just like, I remember, I remember like clear as day, like as soon as he got on stage, I was like, dude, this dude just walks different. And then he started rhyming and I was like, oh, he rhymes different. Like, dude, he's got this kind of swing and a groove and a way of rhyming and being on stage that if I wasn't in Japan and I was in the States, it would, I would have thought he was American. You know, it just had a very, he didn't use American, you know, English words, but you know, every now and then would drop a slang word or whatever, but not much. Um, but mm-hmm. he just had a different, I could tell like what he was doing with the Japanese language was very different and it was dope. And mm-hmm. so, um, that kind of, you know, I, I would say like, I, I want to think about, I want to say about maybe like a week later, we ended up inviting him over to the crib and he came over and kind of hung out for the night and went through some, uh, you know, some little beats that were not complete at all. And, um, and we kind of struck up a relationship and shortly after Mikadis, um, you know, put out his mixtape is when I started working with Bess and he actually took a few tracks from me. One of them would end up being one of the, um, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, biggest tracks I did in Japan actually. Okay. And kind of, kind of, kind of proved to me like, okay, this is that guy. So, yeah. Um, I would also say around that time, I, I cannot forget this or skip over this. There's another cat out of, uh, Tokyo named, uh, really out of, originally from Kyoto named Yuzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yuzo is uh, just straight up boss, man. That's my guy. Um, very tight with Dabo, very tight with uh, another MC who was a luminary who I wanted to work with, but he passed away too quickly. Uh, his name was Tokuna X mm-hmm. out of Nagoya. Rest in peace, Tokuna X. Um, mm-hmm. But Yuzo was also um, just, just a dope MC, man. And he also ended up, uh, I think I actually tracked that beat out of your house, actually, because he needed to get the, they call it the Pada Data. You know, like he needed the paradata and um, right, right, I right. Tried, yeah, and I tracked that out of your crib, and so it, it all kind of happened really quickly. It all kind of happened really quickly. Um, but I kind of unintentionally had my beats in a few different camps, and um, and 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 it started to branch out from there. Um, and there was um one other camp I I'd have to also mention that was I was starting to also meet again. Not it was inadvertent, but I ended up really getting to know these guys. And it's a guy named MC Khan and his whole crew was MSC and they're out of Shinjuku. And so it, it all kind of started, it was kind of a buzz that was starting to get created around me and my work. 
Um, and that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. That's that's that you you brought up some names. You feel <laughs> me? That that instantly took me down a whole nother path to thinking because I had my own run-ins with those people. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? But the, the difference between you and I was I had my run-ins with them towards my time of leaving. Ah, that's right. That's right. That's you right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, like the way we, the way we, the way we intersected the business was, it was like, it was completely, it was completely switched around. You know, yeah. I would, I would wind up meeting them and actually working with some of them. Um, actually, some of them after I left Japan. Uh, Meanwhile, it, I, I wouldn't meet Zebra until after I, well, once I was getting ready to leave Japan, you had been working with Zebra. Right. At that point. So, right. yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, I, so, my, 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 uh, my humble beginnings in Japanese hip hop, um, it begins the day that uh, a lady friend um, gave me a ride to um, this equipment store in Shibuya mm. called Ishibashi. Ishibashi, yeah. it's a spot. And so, um, I made a post last week on my Instagram about a guy named Yoke, about a guy named MC Yoke. Let, let me let me let me be clear uh, about a couple of things. Um, when I, I, I met Yoke um, as a customer at Ishibashi, he 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 worked there. He was the English speaking associate, and even his English wasn't that great, but he was the English speaking associate. And uh, and I was looking to buy some studio monitors, um, those mm. Behringers. You remember those Behringers I had? Yeah, yeah. So I had two. I had four. Yo, of them. You you were the first person to really rock with Behringer yep. that I ever met, and and, and kind of told me the whole deal about them. Like, look, man, this isn't like the highest quality stuff, but you mm-hmm. know, for what you need it for, it's good. You know, so, <laughs> I could not imagine having four of those speakers in my studio today. <laughs> it was big as hell big and bulky huge. yeah man <laughs> it was huge and i had four of them and they were stacked on top of each other don't ask me where i had four of them. Mm-hmm. i cannot even remember what made me buy two pairs of those speakers i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why i got the pictures to prove it but oh, uh man, i remember that i remember that oh my gosh and so uh and, and so <laughs> and so Ah, I know why. Because when I left Okinawa, I had all this money from mm. selling studio time. And I called myself anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm down there. I'm looking for these speakers. Because getting them shipped um, was a bit tricky. It was kind of expensive uh, to get yeah. them shipped to you. And some things could be so large that they wouldn't ship to you. We have what they call... Um, PSO boxes? What were they called? Is that APO right? boxes. APO. APO. PSC, 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 PSC boxes. Yeah, yeah. PSC yeah. boxes. Um, APO, AP addresses. And, and, and everything couldn't get shipped to these addresses. So um, yeah. the easiest thing for me to do was just to find some place. Obviously, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Japan, right? This is where, quote unquote, all the technology is made, right? 
And mm-hmm. so, um, <laughs> and, 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 and the, the lie is that it's cheap. It's not cheap. So, no. so <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> you know, uh, you can't find you a smile for good little payment plan though. Absolutely. I lie about that though. Absolutely. <laughs> good payment plans and the latest stuff, the latest mm-hmm. stuff I can, I promise you everything. To the day. Everything your iPhone does today, I saw phones do that in the mid 2000s in Japan. Right. I tell um, people all the time. I used to have. We used to have video chat. I used to yeah, call you a video you, chat. Yeah, man. for sure. Like oh five video phones, bro. Absolutely. And they still haven't <laughs> gotten the uh, the live the live streaming TV. They still haven't gotten mm-hmm. that yet. Uh, yeah, live streaming TV uh, on your, your <laughs> cell phone. But yeah, I had a I had a cell phone. Just to, one, one last quick. They had this cell phone that could change. This technology could never be legal in the states. But I had like this. Uh, I had this. Um, this. Um, this. Um, cell phone that dude. Like I could change any TV with the cell phone. It was like mm-hmm. a universal remote function remote, inside yeah, the phone. Yeah. For sure. So, for sure. For sure. And so. Um, all right. So yeah. So so we go to this place. The the associate comes out. Um, and he helps me out. You know what I mean. During mm-hmm. our com- during our conversation. I find out that um, he's a DJ, right? Mm. So, and he's kind of showing me some DJ equipment. And then he starts telling me about how he's an artist too. And, mm. you know, you and you and I had already been kind of talking about producing Japanese artists. So that piqued my interest. And I was like, word? He said, he said yeah, you know, I actually am an artist. And he starts playing me this album by a group that had been since disbanded um, I cannot remember the, the name. Goosebumps was the name of the group, and apparently, mm. apparently, Goosebumps um, had a record deal, and mm. but they were no longer a band anymore. That was his introduction into into uh, hip hop was being a part of this group, Goosebumps. So he's playing me the, the the music, and I'm like, man, this stuff is pretty dope. So I tell mm. him, man, I'm going to. So I buy what I'm going to buy, and I tell him, I'm going to bring you a CD with some beats on it. Would you check it out? And he was like, yeah. So mm. I come back to the base and I tell D, I tell D, shout out to D, um, D. about this, this guy that I met. He was really cool, you know, and, uh, I'm, and, and D actually at the time was kind of into production too. He was kind of, I remember that. I was using logic, I think early yep. on. He was kind of yep. messing around too. and was interested in getting some equipment too. So I was like, man, I could show you this place. And and uh, you can meet this guy. He said, "Okay, cool." So I made a CD, and I and I went back to go see Yoke. Um, it had to be less than a week later. I went back to him, gave him the CD. We exchanged information. Matter of fact, he played the beat CD right there, right there on the spot in the store. <laughs> he playing the beats. He starts rhyming. I'm like, "Yo, I think we might have something." You know what I mean? <laughs> so and so uh, and so. We are working on music. Grown man, we, we talked about grown man already, but we're 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 in the middle of working on this project, and I'm like, well, man, second album, yeah, yeah. Well, we hadn't even started the second album yet, yeah. And, yeah. and I wanted to introduce him because I thought that he would be a dope. Well, he was already a dope DJ, and I was like, well, man, he could be our DJ, and mm. it would help us to get out there more. Right. Like we, we needed a translator. We needed somebody that 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 uh, could help us get past the circle of um, just sort of military things we were doing at the time. And so mm. uh, and and yeah. and, uh, and 
So what he did was, is I don't know if you remember, is there was a club called the Pink something. The Pink something. It was like our first show away from the base area. Oh, we had oh, to travel oh. on. We had to travel on a lot of pl- train lines to get to this. Was that the spot? That's like I think it was like in Shinjuku somewhere. They had like a buffet of food there. I don't remember. No, 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 no. no, no, this, no, no, no. this place was this. I know what you talking about. I know what you talking about. Um, yeah, I know what you talking about. No, no, no. This place was called the Pink. Oh God, it's on the tip of my tongue. It was called the Pink something. But anyways, mm-hmm. he invites. It, it was his event. You know, little little did I know he had this this um, this promotion company called Thick, and Thick is right. Thick right. was doing the he did monthly events, monthly hip hop events on at, on like the first Monday of the month. It was like the most random of days. I will come to understand <laughs> later why he chose that day, but anyways, mm-hmm. it will always be the first uh, Monday of every month he would do Thick, and so. He invited us to come perform at Thick, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't even officially grown man yet. He was mm-hmm. just uh, somebody that I had introduced to the group. It was cool. It was whatever. He was gonna help us get shows. So cool. So he invites us to 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 um to the pink, whatever it was. The place wasn't pink. It was just called Pink something. So we go and we mm-hmm. rock out as a group. We rock out as a grown man, and um, there's all these other Japanese artists there performing. These are all people that function in his circle. And his thick mm. circle, right? And mm. and 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 I'm and, I, and I'm gonna tell you when I'm gonna close this. Up, I'm gonna tell you just how how brilliant of a businessman Yoke probably still is to this day, and was always mm. getting way more money than than more popular guys. But there's a reason for that. And so mm. and so uh, so anyway, so we go do this, and uh, afterwards it, it goes so well that we 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 think that maybe he would be dope as our DJ because he DJed our set. Um, mm. at, at the at this place, mm. so and so, uh, but I knew he rapped. You know what I'm saying? I knew he rapped. Yeah. Matter of fact, he performed that night, and uh, and he would. And then, so moving forward, we we always had a spot to perform at the thick events every first mm. Monday of every month. It was a guarantee we had a show. So boom. So now we having shows. Now he winds up moving from that spot to a spot in Shibuya, uh, which is no longer there. It got knocked down and some, and some towers got put up. But man, it was mm. in the basement, bro. I know you know where this spot was. It was huge. Yeah, I remember that spot. It, it, was down, it was down there by another spot that got knocked down too. Um, another mm. huge spot down there. Do you remember where... Um, Oh God, man! I'm so mad. I don't remember the names of these spots. But remember the guy Frank that ran Club Nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he had a club on the strip of in Shibuya where I'm talking about, mm. which is where I met mm. you. Which is, we'll talk about that in the future. But but there's a there's a strip right there, and there was a huge club at the end of the strip. Oh my God! It was just oh. as big as Harlem. Bro, it was just yeah, I, I remember. I, it was freaking. What is the name of this spot? You had to I'm walk up to... this long flight of steps. You had to walk all the way up this long flight of steps to get into it. It was so big. I'm trying to remember the name of that spot. I know exactly what you're talking about. But but uh... anyways, right around right around the corner from the spot is where the the, the new spot that Yoke had, and we was there okay. every first month, every first Monday. So so uh so so I'm getting to know Yoke. 
through this. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. getting back around to my point. So he and I are really getting to know each other. And we at some point decide that he, he's going to record his first solo album. All right. Mm. And, and I'm going to produce it. You know, mm. now around the time that we decided this, we was working on Grown Man's second album. And, and he wound up not only doing some scratches on the Grown Man album, but he actually featured on the song that you produced. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. He brought, he brought on a song that you produced. That's the first ever, um, actually that song that he rhymed on was the first ever track that I made. Where, where it was the first ever track that I made that was like a sequence beat, you know what I'm saying? Well, um, and it was um, one of our, it was one of our biggest records as a group. But but let me yeah. rewind let me rewind a little bit because I don't wanna I don't wanna um understate the fact that the first Japanese artist to ever rhyme on one of my beats is best. You brought him to yeah. the studio. That's right. That's right. That's so, right. So so he was the first Japanese artist that I ever produced, mixed, that had anything else to do with. And I know you're gonna get more into best later, but shout yeah. out to best. Um shout and so, so uh so we decide that that I'm gonna produce an album for him. All right. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so I do that. It's called. Uh, what is it? What is it called? Uh, something 1977. Oh, my God. Crush Groove. Crush, Crush Groove. Yeah. 1977 is the name <laughs> the of this most, album. The most hip hop name you could come yeah. up with. man. <laughs> so he so now Yoke lives. Yoke lives about an hour and a half from me and he would come down weekly and we would work on this album. He would bring in all, all of his, all his equipment to scratch and, and we worked on this album, man. We worked on this album. Um, Ashton did all of the artwork. Shout out to Ashton. And Yoke went and got us national distribution. Um, he said, he said, <laughs> he set up, he set up a meeting with this company and I went down, bro, and we established face music and we got national distribution, meaning Asia. When I say national, I mean Asia distribution. And these people ordered 700 CDs from us. All right. Oh, wow. And wow. they spread them out through the continent of Asia. And and mm-hmm. uh, and, and the way this worked, it's important that I say this. Um, so the way this worked, which was really dope. Um, which was they paid for all of the CDs up front. All right. So me and Yoke, mm. we broke nice bread. All right. We broke mm. nice bread going in. But what I didn't know was that uh, in, J- in Japan, stores are given a, a lifetime return guarantee on product. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know where this is going, right? You know yep, where this yep. is going. So they ship all of these. But what's cool about it is, so we had this chunk of change. So what we did was, is we basically went on tour. You know, mm-hmm. we basically went on mm-hmm. tour. We went all over Japan doing shows um, for Yoke. Um, one of the biggest, one of the biggest events we did was called Metamorphose, and it was a, it is a music festival on the side of this mountain, and 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 hell if I know, man, I think it's up in Edo, Ito. Um, uh, yo, I remember y'all going, yeah, y'all yeah. going to play that, yeah. It was huge, it was huge. Now, what we performed, we didn't have a huge crowd, but it yeah. was one of those, yep. it was one of those like Burning festival, Man, yeah. like one of those Burning Man type deals. You know, this I mean? is in the summertime too, right? Summertime, summertime. Yeah, because that's a huge thing uh, in Japan. Also, like just a side note, like, um, yeah, music festivals, just like uh, a lot of places in Europe or throughout Asia, you have like uh, Man, music festivals. And, and it, yeah, you'll drive up to the mountains or down yep. to the uh, down to the ocean, and you post up for like two or three days. You camp, 
and you see all. Sometimes it's just a day. Oh, they had you just this, see it, all it, kinds of artists. And if, if anybody that knows geography of Japan, you you'll probably know what I'm what I'm talking about. They had a roller coaster hanging off the side of this mountain. So I don't remember the name of the mountain, but there is a roller coaster hanging off the side of that son of a bitch. You understand what I'm saying? The answer is no, I did not write it. But it but 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 so if anybody knows Japan like that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, so we go do that, you know what I mean? And uh matter of fact, it absolutely was it, it was it was in uh yep, it was near Ito, Ito. Ito, mm. yep, mm. it sure mm. was. And so uh so anyways, um so he and I, we, we, we dropped the album. I'd say about 70% of the albums got sent back to the distributor and the distributor sent us a bill. And, mm. and, we, and we had to pay that bill and whatever money we had not made, you know, you know we had to up it. And, and we did, mm. we paid them back. And so, um, and, and so uh, I'm, I'm gonna kinda, and anyways, anyway, let me say this and then I'm gonna end that story. Yo, because, yeah of the fact that he had been having his own events. He had his own circle of people that he rocked with, all right? Mm. Yoke was mm. not famous by any stretch of the imagination, okay? Like, by any stretch of the imagination, he was not famous. A lot of people knew him because he worked at this store, but as an artist, um, people thought he was dope, but he was not famous, you know? Mm. Um, and he was a grinder, man. Like, he, to this day, he's doing the same thing, you know? And I'll always have love for him, man, for, for, for allowing me to do that to him. Um, and he has made projects since then that I've featured on and I, I've, I've produced on. And mm. uh, the reason why I say he made more money was because there's this, there's this thing in Japanese called uh, Noruma, which is basically mm. pay to play. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah. and so what he would do is, is he would find a club on their least busy night of the month, which was the first Monday night of every month. month. <laughs> right. Least busy night. They would give him the club for free because they just wanted to open up their bar. Yeah. He would go and find 15 different artists to pay him at the time, like $150 a piece mm. to come perform. So this mm. dude, this dude was banking over a thousand dollars a month, um, just to be there so people could come rehearse in front of nobody, right? Like, there would be, <laughs> bro, there was that. Listen, listen, I had that's shows, like an immaculate hustle right there, man. bro. Did, and, and I'm telling you, bro, like I I performed in front of no one at this club before. When I tell you I performed in front of no one, I'm telling you that the DJ put my music on. And dipped. <laughs> and dipped. And I performed, and the waitress came around the corner to see if anybody needed anything while I was performing and turned around and went there. You want to talk about humble beginnings. You want to talk about... <laughs> you want to talk about humble beginnings, bro. It don't get no more humble than that, man. In the middle of another country, in front of absolutely nobody, not no, even a DJ with bad sound. Bart and bartender taking like a cigarette break outside. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so thank you, Yoke, for that, for that experience. And uh and, and so we I'm I'm gonna take my time with this because there's there's two other tracks um that do lead me down the path of, of producing for 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 much more popular people. Um, mm. But it was just important that I talk about that. Mm, mm. Got it, got it, got it, man. Um, 
Shoot, I'm thinking as you're as you're as you're speaking about yoke and and having those those um, experiences, man. I never, I I was very much so, and you remember this. Like I'm not the kind of person that want to get on stage and 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 ride in front of people. It's just mm-hmm. not really my thing. I had always been interested in uh and pulled towards production and i kind of like the idea of kind of being in the background but also like my music is at the forefront and letting that be the thing that's out there um so fun fact though fun fact fun fact (laughs) (laughs) malik raps on malik raps on the second grown man album I did, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. I can't even remember the verse to save my life. Man. I, can rap. I, I, I can rap and write, you know, I can fun, rap and write. Fun fact, but, for, those who, for those who might want to try to, uh, try, try to dig it up, the, the, the name of the CD was called Face Music. It is not available digitally. And it's expensive on Discogs now. I think exactly. that joint was like 80, 80 to 100 bucks now, man. Um, dude, um, which, which also is a testament to um, to what it is that we... Uh, what we, what we created, but, you know, um, to bring it back, you know, the Mikuta situation that ended up, um, you know, coming to pass, um, the Yuzo situation happened that came to pass. Yuzo was on a, he was on Avex, I believe at the time. Okay. Huge record label, um, uh, a huge record company. And, uh, um, I forget who their subsidiary, uh, but let's see, Universal, maybe, um, Apex? Apex, Apex, no, 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 Apex, Apex was under, um, nope, not Sony either. It was under, um, uh, Jay-Z, 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 you know, so so Mikita's, the Mikita situation was my first my first um, time being in like in a professional recording studio okay. recording out my stuff. The Yuzo situation was my first time, and I got to give Yuzo a lot of respect. He's still doing his thing out in, in Tokyo. Um, he owns three clubs, three clubs. Um, 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 Madam Wu. He owns. Uh, Mitsuki, and he also owns Bloody Angle, which are doing really well out there. Um, next time I'm out there, I'm gonna spin at the at the smaller bar, play some records, man. But oh. he was that—that's my guy, man. Um, and Nuzo was the first person to tell me ever. He's like, you need to always charge for your music, man. And I remember that it always stuck in my head. It still does to this day. He's like, always charge what you feel that you're worth, you know. Um, and he paid me. He paid me. It was my first mm-hmm. check. That was my first check. Um. From, from making music for an artist. Um, but, you know, it's like, so that, that was more because of the scale of that album and the size of it. Um, you can find Yuzo's album, uh, I think it was Document. It was called Document. It's mm-hmm. on, you can find it on Apple Music and all that. Um, nah, Yuzo or Y-U-S-O. We're going to post that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, what excited me more than, than anything else, what excited me more than anything else was actually... Um, the prospect of working with Bess. And I, 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 I got to kind of paint the scene real quick for you. Bess what? used to be in a, in a group called Swanky Swipe. Swanky Swipe. Mm-hmm. Swanky Swipe. And that was his crew. That was his crew. Mm-hmm. It was him, another MC, mm-hmm. and a DJ. Um, and, and the other MC, MC, his name is Asian. And I got to say peace and respect and all the love to Asian. I don't know if you'll ever hear this. Um, I barely, I missed him, uh, seeing him last, uh, last time I was in Japan. I really didn't want to see him. They were recording out of an area in, um, Tokyo called Nakano. That's kind of where they were mm-hmm. holed up at. Mm-hmm. 
Nakano um, it, it is it's an old area in Tokyo, and um, it's a big residential area. But it, it, it's what's important there is that there's a, a Jinja shrine, Nakano Jinja. Mm-hmm. There's a shrine there. Asian's father was a monk. And their apartment, when you go in their apartment, it's a long apartment, just one room, but it's like a very long. And they had it padded. It was all padded. Um, Asian had his MPC 4000. He had Pro Tools running. They had a mic set up in a little booth, all that. They were in a building that nuns and monks lived in. <laughs> you know? so, so mind you, I, I, when I would go and pull up there, you know, I would have my MPC 3000 with me. Um, I would park my car. Then I don't have to walk. It'd be night. It'd be late. They'd be like, meet us around like 1 a.m. You know, um, there's this whole night world over there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I operated in the night, man. So I would have to walk through this creepy old temple mm. in the middle of the night to get to their apartment. They'd meet me in the street, take me up there. We had to be really quiet until we got in there, close the mm. door, lock it. And then you can start to make noise. And that became my thing, man. It's like uh, usually once a week, once every other week, I would go over there. Going out there, have my NBC, and I would just play for them what it was that I was recording. I remember record, that, or or working on. Yeah, man. And um, we we did this track. Um, I think I called it at the time higher. I think I at the time I was thinking about potentially having it for a grown man thing, but then Best heard it and he's like, "I gotta have that track, man. I gotta have that." He recorded to the track, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Dude, this is it!" Like you just, it's just one of those feelings you get. Where you're like, yo, you knew exactly what to do with this, and you did it, and you executed it, and that became like the lead single from the um, from from the um, from the album. Mm-hmm. That that single was um, called Bunks Marmalade. I'll be on the. We're gonna make a mm-hmm. YouTube playlist of uh, some of our tracks that we did in Japan, but that track got a lot of attention. Actually, mm-hmm. a lot of attention, and um, man, I it also got the attention of uh, Bach Logic actually. You know, apparently mm-hmm. Bach Logic, uh, I went there one day and I found out that he was there like the, a day or two before. I was obsessed over Bach Logic's music. And I was just like, dude, like you didn't call me and tell me. But he was like, yeah, no, I just he wanted to kind of keep it like a private meeting. But, you know, um, you know, he uh, we were playing like what we were working on and he heard your track specifically and told us to run it back. And that for me was like huge. That was huge. That was like a right. huge validation for me. Um, I ended up having three tracks on that album. One of the tracks, um, another one featured um, a group that um, Bess was involved with called Stars, which included another really big MC out in Japan named Sita. Um, I think actually there was a movie around his life, I think, that was uh, out not long ago. Um, there was also... Um, He's a big part of my story that's coming. Yeah, yeah, man. Sita was, you know, Sita was, uh, was, 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 on, that, uh, was on that track. Um, and then there was another track on there called Feel My Mind, and that had a cat named Misha the Fly who was dope from this one outfit that um, that was uh, under a record label in Shinjuku called Liber Records, but it also included an MC named MC Khan. Mm. He, Khan would end up becoming a huge, uh, was a huge personality throughout Japan. Yeah, but that was my guy. He was a huge influence for me. We did a lot of work through, you know, I did a lot of work through his label, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Liber Records. Um, yeah, that was, that was kind of like the... Um, that was like the the tipping point for me. I really kicked it off. Kicked it off. Um, mm-hmm. through through do best. I met Khan, and actually, I met Khan after he rhymed on my track. I went to a Library Records uh, show in Shinjuku, and um, and they were all performing. There, there was a guy named Primo who was there. There's a guy named Mega G who was there. 
uh, this guy made sure the fly was there. This guy, um, what do you call it? Uh, Han was there. And I introduced myself to him. And I was just I was like, hey, man, um, my, name's, my name's Malik and I make beats. And I said, Malik. And I was like, yeah. He's like, ah. He's like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I knew you uh, already. Like, yeah, I know yeah. you already. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I gave him some beats. I want to say like it's a couple of days later, like he hits me up and was like, yo, I want to come to your house. Mm-hmm. He drives. I remember that. This, at this time, I'm like, yeah, at this time, I'm living on the base. He drives. He's like pushing the Mercedes. Like he drives all the way across Tokyo to where I'm at on the base. And um, we end up uh, starting to work together, man. And mm-hmm. we started to work together pretty heavy. It was him and another guy named Kesuke, who was a uh, um, uh, friend of my ex, actually, an uh, old friend of my ex. And uh, Kesuke ran the label. Um, but you also had like all these different artists who are on the label and just about every artist, man, started taking beats from me for the projects. And mm. it became like my first real productive um, um, time working on music within Japan to where I had to start keeping a ledger. You know, I had to start writing down like who paid me for what, <laughs> you, know, right. like, um, right. you know, I had to start getting extra discs for beats, you know, that, that had been used already so I can keep them for kind of master files it. Uh, kind of like sparked this whole kind of like evolution within me as far as like, okay, now I'm getting more into the business side of things. Um, and I, and I owe all of them a deep, um, debt of gratitude. Um, especially when it comes to best, because we would end up, um, we would end up actually, uh, being separated for a while. I actually, I was still in the military at the time and I got, I got deployed and during my deployment, I ended up making the bulk of what would be his next album rebuild. Mm. And, that was probably like the biggest work that I did there. Um, and it's, it's kind of important to note that because I'm still active in Japan. I'm still active working with, with, uh, with artists in Japan and I'll definitely on the playlist be adding some more current things, but, um, best kind of was the godfather in a certain kind of a way, um, of a, I would say like a, 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 a collective of people, another circle, that now can claim, rightfully claim that they are like the standard bearers of Japanese hip hop right now. And I'm very, very, very deeply, deeply appreciative of that. Um, that, that crew was, um, the, uh, you know, dog ear records crew down North camp. Um, mm-hmm. those cats are really, you know, dog ears, uh, is, is the home of, uh, a group called Monju within Monju is a, uh, is, is a producer, DJ and MC who's, the that dude, that guy, and that's my man, um, Isugi, I S S U G I, Isugi. Not to be confused with another beat maker named Ilsugi, who also is the homie too. Um, but I would end up meeting them actually through Bess, kind of in you know in, 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 a, in a roundabout way. Um, I did a lot of this work for Bess's rebuild album. At the same time, I had been kind of working with Delhi. Delhi took several beats from me actually for an album that he did. Delhi really from the Nitro Crew, mm-hmm. yeah. And I left Japan, actually. I left, I left Japan. I was, it was like an 08 I left. And then I ended up coming back a few months after I left to kind of come back and tie some things up. It was my first time ever hearing um, Best Perform My Music that we did on the Rebuild album mm-hmm. together because that came out after I left. Um, and there was a guy, like, I was really, I was like kind of overwhelmed with emotion. I was just really, really just very happy to see everything come full circle. Like, okay, this is best. Like he, he worked on this music for me and, 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 you know, that I gave him, he laid, you know, I laid all the stuff on him and it turned out excellent. This is like enough. This is like February, I think, um, February of 09, if I'm correct. And then, oh. um, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Finney. Go ahead. Finish oh, the point. oh, no, I was just going to say that. Um, <laughs> 
you know, there's a guy, I saw this guy go outside and it, to rewind it back to the first best album, um, best that played me. Um, so at the time, this is this guy, Bach Logic, who we spoke about before in other podcasts, um, who for me is like, he was like that guy beat maker wise. Uh, I think we spoke about him. Did we speak about him in the podcast or in the conversation? Uh, I think it was in the conversation only. We, we, no, we brought him up. We brought him up okay. and, told pe- and told people to go, uh, well, no, that was during, I think that was during the conversation on, on okay. IG. So yeah. I'm just going to say this real quick. I, I don't want to take up too much time talking about him, but I think it's incredibly important to, 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 it's so important to speak about this guy, Bacologic. Um, sure. Younger generations who might listen to this, like they're preeminent, um, um, the preeminent for them um, producer who they think about in Japan is Nujabes. Nujabes sure. is a, uh, you know, he's very, very well known with, with the young generation here in America. Um, mind you, Nujabes was alive during all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew who he was. I actually, the first time I ever played my beats, like in a store setting or in a public setting, it was in his store. I used to post up before I would go for these studio sessions in a record store that New Job is owned that I took you to actually called Tribe Records. And right above it, a lot of people didn't know it was a smaller record shop. And New Job is owned both of those. And he would normally be upstairs though. Um, I was playing beats one day because a guy kind of like, yo, you know, the guy was like, no, let me hear your beats right now. And I'm like, right now, okay. So I'm taking out the MPC 3000. There's people, there's like mad people in the store and they're kind of seeing this happen. So I just start playing beats and they're like shopping for records, like nodding their head and I'm like, dope. Nujabas came down and he like looked and he's like, oh, nice, nice, nice. And so I bopped around for a little bit and then I went back upstairs. Only time I met the guy, but you got to know like during this time, he wasn't necessarily like he didn't get his star or his star didn't rise until the, to the extent that it did until after his passing. It's important mm-hmm. to kind of put that out there. You had a whole different universe of people who were actually um, who were actually uh, active and actually getting their plots. And for me, the, the 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 guy at the very top pinnacle who was leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else production wise in Japan at the time was a producer named Bach Logic. Oh, for sure, Bach. for sure. And and, yeah. and 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 I would say, um, I haven't heard any new Bach Logic music in years. But I would say that it's probably one of the best hip hop producers to ever live. Like in the world, that, he, in yeah, the world, he's, he's, in the world. He's that. He's he's that good. I mean, just look up. Just look up the Red album. Um, the mm-hmm. the, out, the when everybody was flipping the um, um, the Black album. Uh, he yeah. there's, there's there's some pieces that you have to find it in pieces on the internet on YouTube. Yeah, I wasn't able to find like a whole playlist, but you could find you could find it in pieces. And then he did these um, music workshops. Yeah, music repair um, shop. Music, music repair, repair shop. shops. He did like once a five, month. Once he did like month. five or six of uh, volumes, and he remixed every song that you like. And I and I and I will tell you, ninety percent of the songs that he remixed, um, way you, better than the original. You, and 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 I will I will I will also say this, and I and I. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna keep it. A, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I did not listen to the Black album again after I heard the Red album. I only yes, listened, thank you. Thank I, I you. only listened to the Red album because it was that much better. It was. Like, it, it was just. Cat, it was just better, man. 
here's this cat, this short Japanese dude, you know, from, from Osaka, very unassuming, very quiet. Very, extremely. Very, very quiet. And, um, man, um, got a ponytail, you know, push, you know, I think at the time he was pushing the Hummer, but you know, he was from Osaka. He would not, if you looked at him, you would not think that this is one of the best beat makers in the world, but I can promise you that what Kanye and Just Blaze were coming out with at that time, he had it matched. He had it matched. And if you're asking, if you're asking yourself, and then I got to add one more thing before we get off of here. If you're asking yourself, why didn't he, why isn't he, why hasn't he broken through in America? The answer is this. It's not from a lack of trying. Um, mm-hmm. they, they did to him what they do to a lot of people. Um, his, you mm-hmm. have, you have heard Rock Logic music before. It just yep. said that it was produced by uh, somebody else. Somebody else. Um, he, he definitely came here. One of his big hustles um, was to come here and sell a number of beats and go back to Japan. It was yep. a big hustle of his. He would come. He would come here and sell 15, 20 beats at a time, man. And mm-hmm. uh, and made and made really good money to A list artists. Yeah, yeah, A-list to A list to A list artists, man. And 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 uh, so you have heard him. He just wasn't allowed to break through, man. Like people aren't. You know, when I when I get where I gotta go, and my notoriety is at a place. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna start talking about it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. And it's, it's still and it's still one of my goals. Um, as an artist, it's still one of my goals to have him produce for me. You know, so 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 that's that's still that ain't went nowhere. Like I'm still, no, not at all. And and, you know and just like New Jobs, I feel very strong. Well, one, he he's still active. He's been producing. Um, you know, the the, the Japanese pop scene is like the biggest pop scene. In oh the world, yeah, he can do know? that. Um, he so, can do that too. In his sleep, so that's what he's been doing, and right. I cannot blame this guy right. because, like, um, the, the resources that have been made available to him through right. doing that are, are just nobody has that as a, just a producer. The he's dude, incredible. It was mixed, like Dr. Dre mixed that shit. Yeah, like it was mixed his, like, immaculately, like, like the way it was early, mixed. His early beat, like his early stuff, like was mixed, like on the Dre level. Like we, the way we, the we used to look not. at each other and be like, "Yo, how does this snare?" Like I did not understand how it could sound. Like I just at that particular point in time, I just, I just, <laughs> I just did not understand. I don't think oh, I had so heard. I don't think up until that point, outside of like the Chronic albums, mm-hmm. I don't think I had ever heard hip hop mixed that well before. Or drums that good. Listen, it really is that good. I'm not, you know, like it really is that. It really is. I know it probably sounds like we're we're we're, we're being uh, we're kind of overdoing it, but but I'm telling you, I'm not overdoing it. I'm (laughs) I'm telling you, it it, it it is that good. It was a special feeling knowing that we were probably like some of the only Americans at the time that even knew about this, you know. And and I'll tell you, um, and and this I'll cap it off at this, man. Um, you know, he um. There are rumors that he was going to sign with Rockefeller. There, right. there are rumors that he that. had signed with Rockefeller, yep. and I was, and, and it made so much sense to me. Um, and then Rockefeller like really quickly fell apart. Yeah. And, and I, I, and until I get the whole story, I'm still going to believe it. Even, even I mean, DJ Who um, hosted the Red album. Like these guys knew right. who he was. Absolutely. They knew who he was going. And, and and I, I feel very strongly that there definitely probably was. Somewhere within within the music industry and the hip the hip hop industry in America, like there was a frame of thought, especially amongst producers, like yo, this dude is getting us, and we cannot let this Japanese well, dude come out. Well, I, I'll take you one further. Go listen to Freeway's first album. Mm-hmm. 
go find some Bach Logic music, listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go listen mm-hmm. to Freeway's first album and listen, listen to Memphis Bleak's second album and mm-hmm. listen to, I believe it's the Dynasty album. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. listen to those albums after mm-hmm. you listen to some Bach Logic music and tell me if you can't find where you think some Bach Logic music wound up. And, I, and I'm talking some of their biggest records. Exactly. Like, like, exactly. like listen, exactly. And, 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 and that's around the time the Red Album, all, all, like, 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 just, just pay attention, yo. That's new. I, so, I, 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 oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just gonna, well, go I was just going to say, um, during this time, I got to take it back again. We keep going on these tangents, man, but it's like, it is wonderful memories, man. But during this time um, that I'm working with Bess and I'm working on his second album, there was a, there was a, um, there, there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, for me, my ears were expanding. So I was trying to kind of, at the time, start to move away from more um, regimented, I guess you could say beats. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think I was definitely very heavily by Dilla, what he had been doing in that final year of his life, um, especially with the Donuts album, um, caused me to definitely dig a lot deeper than I had been at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you, um, there Bach Logic produced an amazing, amazing, beautiful album from this cat Cedar. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. and Best was on that album actually. Um because mm-hmm. Best was like gonna be the next, you know. Um and there was a remix version of that album. Somebody had gotten the stems and done a remix of that album. And it sounded almost like Madlib had produced it. Or somebody who mm-hmm. now I wouldn't say Madlib necessarily had produced it, though there are a couple of beats that definitely sounded like Madlib during that time. Mm-hmm. Um it sounded like somebody though who was definitely very free with his expression with yeah. beats. Somebody who was very much kind of off the grid. Um, and that was Isagi. That's how I first learned about Isagi. So when I left Japan and I came back, um, and I went to that show and you know, I was overwhelmed with emotion. Um I I I ended up uh I ended up uh stepping out of the uh out of, out of Ikebukuro club bed. We were in the club bed and I was watching him perform this music that we had made and I had never gotten to see him do it. Um, from the Rebuild album. I step outside and you know, there's a stairwell that goes up to the street. The club bed mm-hmm. is underground. Mm-hmm. And the stairwell, there's this dude. It's a dude sitting there, Japanese dude. And he has like super, super baggy clothes on. Um, he has like this fitted cap, you know, pulled down low and we kind of look at each other. I'm like, yo, you know where Isagi is? Like, ask him in Japanese, like, where is he? Do you know who Isagi is? And he's like, I'm Isagi. I'm like, oh, I'm, not I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm Malik. And he was like, oh, I've been wanting to meet you. I was like, me too, man. I've been wanting to meet you for a couple of years. And we we're instant friends. And nice. um, to this day, like, he's still, like, if he's working on something, he hits me up. Like, yo, what you got? You, you said that was Shibuya Nuts, right? No, that wasn't, uh, that was on uh, Ikebukuro uh, Club. Oh, bet, bet. Okay. Yeah, so check this bed. out. So I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a in, I want to end on this. Because, we got to do a part two to this next week. Yeah. Man. You know oh, that, no, right? for sure, for sure. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm taking a small segue away from this. And, and because I, I have, yeah, there's a lot more to talk about. So, so <laughs> for documentary purposes, I have to say this. So I'm going to segue away, yeah. away from, from Bach Logic to say this. So Bach Logic's favorite producer um, was Jay Dilla. Right. Yeah. So I, oh, yeah, you, I, forget, I forget you met him. You met yeah. Logic. Yeah. So, so, um, Jay Dilla passed while we were in Japan. Yeah. And he actually, and you were actually in, in the Kuwait. desert. 
Yeah, yeah you, were cool. you were in Kuwait. And you I think me. I was the one that told you. Yeah. You, yeah, I, you did. I broke down. Passed, but you were the one that told me that his health was failing. Yeah. You had said his yeah. health was failing. Yeah. He had he had gone on tour in a wheelchair. And I was like, what? And I and I and I researched it. And then uh not long after that, D called me and told mm-hmm. me that he had passed and uh, and I went online and I and I found out that he passed and then I I, I got to work the next day and I called you cuz I knew you probably didn't know and mm-hmm. and uh and so uh uh we both experienced watching Slum Village live for the first time together do you, do you uh, yeah it was like a month and a half yep. a month and a half after he died after, after you came away. after you came back and then they and then they had a show at nuts that's your boy, your nuts. <laughs> and I remember I told you, I was like, I hope they're going to perform that one song. Right. And, and I love and, it. Love and, it here. And listen, outside. listen, bro. Like, like one of the most emotional times I ever had in a hip hop concert ever. And we shared ever. that moment together. And I just wanted to. Weeping, wanted, weeping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full, full on, full on. Full like, on crying, bro. Full, like, full, oh full, my full God. on, bro. Full on. I, 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 I cried for two weeks. Uh, uh, after Dilla passed, man, every day, and and uh, mm. and and he just he meant he meant he meant that much he meant that much to us because yeah. uh, and and I would I would put Bach Logic in the same conversation, meaning that what he did was what they did was is they were the bar, the bar, right, the like bar. they were yes. the, like when when I when I turn my equipment on, they set the precedence for how good I was trying to be. Right. It's, it's it's so important and it's yeah. also so important to like acknowledge like living right. within that kind of a world For you know sure. where it's like when you turn your NPC on no matter where you were in the world you could not help but think about these cats like sure. it was For just sure. there it's I like was thinking of a basketball it, I, yeah, right right <laughs> and so and so when I you know and so to lose to lose to lose Dilla like was was uh, it's still a blow to this day. I don't think I've loved uh, production as much as I did before he died. Like like I I, I you That's know I, I I did it, but there was something about not not having the bar continually be set for me that was disheartening um, from from mm. there from there from there moving forward. But but I just wanted to highlight that man um, just for historical purposes. Uh, that, that 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 did happen while we was there, man, and it was a it was a hell of a moment to share. And I've met those guys a few times since then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I actually have I I actually have I can talk about it now because it doesn't matter. I, I have unproduced Elza music. I mean, unreleased mm. Elza music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, Elza took some music from me some years back. I gotta hear that. I gotta hear that. That uh, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even hear it. Oh man, I mean, it was it was uh, he and I was communicating. Somebody gave me the link to him. He and I started communicating by uh, by email, and he picked some tracks that he did some things to. But if anybody keeps up with Elzai's career, uh, you will know that that there's not a lot of music out there uh, to begin with. But honestly, still one of the greatest lyricists and, of our time. Still one of the greatest, yeah. So, so uh, I wish I wish that um, that that could be heard. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, uh, mm. uh, Sean Price did some stuff to my music before too. And, uh, yeah, 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 man. I, I, it's, 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 it's. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. You know, it doesn't matter now. Obviously, I, I never have access to that stuff, man. But uh, those are yeah. those are stories that I've that I've held close to my chest. You know what I mean? Mm, for, for a long mm, time, I actually, mm. I actually spoke to Sean Price. 
Oh, word. That's so. Yeah, he called me. What? <laughs> yeah. He told me that. <laughs> bro, bro, he called me. I, that was, man, he did, he did a, he did a, he was, he was doing an interview on something and had had heart. The interviewer said, how can people get a hold of you if they want to send beats to you? And he was like, oh, if you got some heat, send it to Sean Price Beats at gmail.com. And you just did. I, yeah, I just, I was sitting there, I was like, whatever. You know, I ain't really think nothing, man. A few days later, um, I answered my phone and uh, and and it was this guy, it was his manager. He was like, yo, is this focus? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he said, oh, just a second. And I said, okay. And he's, yo, peace, God, what's up? What's, what's going on? Yo, 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 this Sean P. Yo, yo, you got some heat, God. You got, you, you got some shit. <laughs> Ah, like, yo, you got ah, some ah, shit, yo. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, man, I, yo, yo, thank you. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting ready to fuck with some of this shit. But, but yo, um, he was like, uh, but I, I'm about to move right now. Yo, call, call this number back again at like seven tonight. Bro, I called that number again. <laughs> what happened? It, it was his manager's number. It was his manager's oh, number. Wow. It wasn't his number directly. Man, I'm bugging <laughs> this shit out of this dude, man. And to one dude who was like, yeah, man, listen, man, peace just not here. You know, you know, I, 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 I'll let you know when he gets back. You know, I was like, all right, all right, man, no problem, man. I bugged the shit out of that dude, man. <laughs> the next thing I knew, unfortunately, man, God bless the dead, he passed away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and yeah. and uh and uh, but but to think, to think if that would have been a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like 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 there's a like, lot of there's a lot of those to think. Yeah, bro. If that would have been a theme moment, so I think for both of us, man. So it's it's uh, it's it's a uh, uh, but anyway, man. We we should we should probably close. This should wrap it up. Man. I'm looking forward um, to next week, man. Listen, there's so much more. Yeah, it's what I'm I'm going to create a lost in translation uh, uh, playlist that we both have access to, so you'll be able to um, add songs to the to the playlist. I'll I'll kick awesome. it off. And give you the credentials so you can, you know what I'm saying? Add whatever. Got to start adding stuff up to it. And, and, and matter of fact, actually, uh, while you're at it, how about we create like another playlist? Or maybe we can do it for even like the following week, but another playlist for like Japanese hip hop that we were listening to. Oh, just that we vibe to? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I hell think that yeah. would be great too, because that'd be a great little like starter hell pack yeah. for folks. So hell that'd yeah. be Absolutely. dope. Yeah, because I need to, um, you got some of those music repair shops, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like like yes uh yeah i i so there is a an old booklet of cds that i came across during the move to where i am last march there okay. is a booklet and in that booklet were three different repair shops Ooh. i just don't know where that booklet is right now but i will I, I will i will search i will i will search for it if you can find that, I will really? upload them myself, man. And um, sure. I'll tell you because I, I saw them on Discogs mm-hmm. and that's just for like 200 bucks. Yeah, CD. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> if, you, if you type in Bach Logic into YouTube, some of the individual songs have had the music put to the videos. Yeah. And, and yeah. so um, I know one of them for sure is uh, 50 Cent's. Um, Oh, a couple of candy shop. Yeah, candy shop. Yeah, candy shop is up there, and then, no, 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 candy shop is there. But I'm thinking of um, little, little bit. Oh yeah, yo, the oh, beat, gosh. yo, with the, with the yo, yo oh, yes, man. bro, oh, like, that that is on YouTube right now. <laughs> if you're listening to this, look up, type in Walk Logic Fifty Cent. 
Man, that shit is so fly, bro. Like, so like, official. That shit is so, so fly, bro. You wish that was the actual single. Like, you wish uh, that was what it is. But it's it's produced so immaculately that that it sounds like it was. Oh, 100%. It sounded like it was the real deal. Like, Dude. something happened or something. And, and they had to go for a different beat. He flipped uh, Usher's, conf- was it, Confessions? Oh, like he flipped, dude. like come on, bro. Like come on, man. Come on, bro. Like you, man, um, breathe. Think, uh, yeah, oh, fabulous. Bro. Oh man, you yeah, think he, that you think that the original, the original beats to these songs is is fire, and it is. But this, he put that shit to sleep, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Like you do not want to hear the original after hearing this shit, bro. And everything mm-hmm. I love, hear the red album, man. You do not need the black album anymore, G. Like it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> It is, it is. Songs like um, uh, The Allure. Oh, God. Get out of here, please, bro. His reworking of that, man, is insane. And that's that's one of the things I think think it's like for us to have had access to that world and to have heard that, I think it definitely did something for our ears. It's like, yeah, we heard better versions of all this. You know, so. Bro, when he flipped flipped that damn, um, um, that, that damn uh oh shit what's my guy name that just passed away man um sing lovely day what's my man oh oh, oh. Bill Withers yeah Bill Withers yeah he flipped Bill Withers I'm trying to remember the uh the mm-hmm. fucking song it was fabulous fabulous yeah. Bill Withers for 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 uh, uh can't let you go oh shit oh my god oh man, man. yo we're gonna have to yeah we're definitely gonna, we're definitely definitely, no, definitely, definitely 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 gonna have to no. You remember how that, that shit came out? Oh, dude. How, 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 how he chopped it, bro. And, and, and this is the thing. It's like also what it's I... It's in key. I had, it's in key. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what was also crazy, man, was like <laughs> the way... Uh, you cats are going to hear it when y'all listen to his stuff, man. But like the way that he would lead into the beat. Where as yeah. far as the states, you just tap... You know, you hear them tapping the pad and it'd be like, oh, start nah. to restop it. Nah, he did the whole like arrangements just for the intro and the well yeah, the way bro. that it will fall into place it will be like offbeat no meter yes nothing and it oh gosh okay yeah yeah we gotta do that we gotta do that ASAP we gotta do that ASAP yo <laughs> follow, follow, follow us on IG man you know what I'm saying and and uh and we'll be back next week man back next week man much love to all y'all um and thanks for taking this journey with us because we are definitely enjoying taking this journey ourselves as well. So we're glad we can share in sharing on this with everybody. So Yes, sir. My guy. All right. All right. Peace, peace. Peace.